is something that can definitely rob our joy, especially if we're not making room and we're not uh, really being aware of maybe how much busyness is stealing uh, joy from us and planning for it, quite frankly. And then last week we talked about joy versus fear and how fear is also something that can uh, rob our joy and how joy can really come from unlikely places as it did for Mary uh, and how she chose joy over fear. And I know that this time of year, fear is also something that can creep into our lives and something that can steal joy from us because of different things and different circumstances and even different scenarios that we run in our head that makes us fearful. Uh, I was at a restaurant this, this past week and I had to snap a picture of this sign um, that, uh, that's up here right now. It says this, the, the happiest people don't have the best of everything, they just make the best of everything. And of course, they put that on a lemon uh, as that's hanging on, the, you can't really tell because of the aspect ratio of the screen, but that's a lemon. And, uh, and while that sounds great, um, and, and there is in some ways some truth to that. Um, my wife and I were eating and I saw that sign on the wall and I was like, wow, I gotta, so I just grabbed a picture of it. And, and here's the thing, that while that, that sounds great and it's the, you know, obviously lemonade from lemons uh, kind of mentality there, but we really can't make the best of it necessarily, can we? We need to choose and rely on Jesus when it comes to all of the different things in our life that can steal joy from us. This life is not meant to be made from lemons. That was not Jesus' intent uh, when it came to, uh, when it comes to our life. That's not what God is saying. God is not saying make lemonade out of lemons. All of these ideas though, all of these things that we've talked about, searching for happiness instead of joy, being uh, too busy to make room for Jesus, um, allowing fear to rob us of our joy, they all have one thing in common. All of these things have one thing in common, and that is us, you and me. The one common denominator in all of this is you and me. And when it comes to the idea of choosing joy, there is really only one cure for choosing true joy and finding true joy, and that's to be filled with a blessing that is from a source outside of ourselves. Because if we try to fill that void with things that, that we create or circumstances that, that, that maybe we think fill that, it's never going to be enough, is it? It's never going to be enough. So we need to, to have the hope in Jesus. We need to fill that void um, with Jesus because that is really the gift of the good news of great joy. Um, but there is an additional part of this equation. There's an additional piece here that's, that's right in the middle of the Christmas story that we're going to look at today. And it's really something that comes right along with the joy of the Lord. In many ways, a byproduct of it. And it's something we all desperately want and something we all desperately need. And that's peace. And that's peace. Will you pray with me? Father, I thank you, Lord, for this time that we can gather, we can dive into your word, Lord. And I thank you for, for your joy that you offer to us, God. And I pray that as, as we um, look at the Christmas story again here from a, from a different perspective, God, I pray that you would open our eyes, open our hearts to what you have for us. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would move in, in a mighty way. God, I pray that this would be your words as, uh, as we move forward with the service here, God, and that you would speak to us individually, Lord, as we need to hear from you today. 
God, we love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, surprise, we're going to be in Luke chapter 2 today. Uh, So if you do have your Bibles, the Bible app, you can certainly follow along uh, with me there. And and what I'd like to do is read a majority of the Christmas story in itself. It's uh, about 12 verses, but I want to read all of it because I want you to see uh, some things in it from hearing it in in context and and in many ways in its entirety here Uh, and and to see what's smack dab in the middle there. And so Luke chapter 2, and I'm going to be starting with verse 8. It says, and in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Verse 15, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So the first point for today is joy brings peace. Right in the middle of that you see the angels talking about the good news of great joy, and that brings peace. I want to give you a scenario, sort of a story, if you will. So you're at the airport. You're at the airport, and you're buying a ticket uh, to fly somewhere, and you talk to the ticket agent, and they say, okay, your flight, it is guaranteed. Your flight is guaranteed to where it's going, and... um, there's going to be some turbulence. There's going to be um, kind of bumpy ride. Um, there might be some things that happen during that flight that are annoying. But at the same time, this flight is guaranteed. It is guaranteed to get there. Um, and you're going to be perfectly fine when you get there. You have the best pilot. You have the best crew. They're all qualified. But it's going to be a bumpy ride. And you're like, okay, why don't you hold that ticket for a minute? And so you go to the next ticket, uh, next place, and you go to the next agent. And, uh, and you ask them about an exact flight to the exact destination. And you ask them if they have any seats, and they say, well, we sure do. Uh, in fact, we can guarantee that it's going to be a smooth ride. It's going to be a perfectly smooth ride with, without any problems. It's a straight shot. You have no layovers. It's, it's going to be an awesome flight. But we kind of have a problem with the landing gear. Um, <laughs> doesn't work and you know sometimes we just nosedive and we hope that it's fine but your flight there is going to be fine it's going to be fine while you're in the air it's going to be super smooth and you're going to be good now you hear that scenario and we all kind of probably know what we would do but do we 
Because if you think about this in terms of our life, that's really how we treat certain aspects of our life, isn't it? We would much rather have the smooth ride and sacrifice the destination and sacrifice the landing. We think we have peace just like joy because we try to root it in that moment, but it's not, it's not at all. We equate happiness to peace in many ways, but it's not because it's the joy of the Lord that really brings peace. And we'd rather have peace in the here and now and right now and sacrifice the destination, even if we crash land at the very end. We just say, well, I'd rather have that smooth ride instead of understanding that maybe sometimes turbulence and bumps and a layover is what God requires for us to make sure that we can land at the destination that he wants us to land in. You, some of us, would give anything right now for peace. You don't even care if everything makes sense. You just want some peace. And I get that. God gets that. God understands that. But that has to begin in you and through him before it's really going to show up around you. And that's why Jesus says here in Matthew chapter 6, Verse 33 says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen to that. See, when you experience the joy of the Lord, when you experience that, he gives you his peace. He gives you his peace, and, and it has to start with you, though. That has to start with you, and it starts with the heart. That's the next point, is that it starts with the heart. If your heart is right, and your heart is aligned with God as best as we can, and that is something that we're striving for, then joy, peace, those things are easier to find. Those things are easier to find. Now, granted, we get in our own way. We certainly do all of the time. But I like to say that the closer your heart gets to God, the more and more that your desires line up with his. Think about that statement for a second. The closer your heart gets to God, the more your desires line up with his. The more the things that you think will bring you peace and will bring you joy, all of a sudden start to turn toward the things that God knows will bring you peace and bring you joy because your heart is more aligned with his. If we move toward God, if we pause at the right times, as we've talked about, if we don't let the enemy create fear through the circumstances, we find joy and we find peace. See, joy is a process. Joy is a, is a process that's linked to our spiritual growth and linked to our relationship with God. Look at what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 27. He says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. See, Jesus was able to speak peace into whatever circumstance he was in. He was able to speak peace into those areas with whatever was going on around him because of the peace that was living 
within him from the Father. We can try to have peace. We can try to have peace in our life with no success if we haven't first aligned God's, um, aligned God's peace and joy and allow those things to dwell within us and, and remain within us. And, it, and, and it's a peace that, that will give you power on the outside because it's began, it, or it has its beginnings, if you will, on the inside. And that's why it starts with the heart. Because if you're content in the darkness, if you're just content in the darkness, you won't find peace. We can't be content in the darkness. We think we can see plenty in the darkness, but you really can't. Yeah, your eyes start to get used to it. But there's a reason that the angels showed up at night and filled the hillside with light. They filled that hillside with light. Last week I said that sometimes temporal pain is required to bring lasting joy. Think about that for a minute. Sometimes temporal pain is required to bring lasting joy. If you dwell on your past, if you think you're not good enough for God, you put your hope in other places, you will not find peace. That's why we put our hope in the Lord and we find our joy in the Lord. That's why hope equals joy. That's our next uh, point here, is that hope equals joy. Hope equals joy. There's a song lyric that, uh, that I'm sure you all know um, that has come to mind while I was preparing and, and thinking through this. Um, and it goes like this, a thrill of hope the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. I'm not going to sing the rest right now, but you know it. It's O Holy Night. And I don't know if you know any of the story of O Holy Night. And I'm not going to tell you the whole story. But it's really, really interesting. If you, if, if you want to go look it up, there, there are some really interesting things. But, but let me tell you about a particular aspect of that song that I just thought was amazing. December 24th, 1906, a guy by the name of Reginald Fessenden transmitted the very first radio program, if you will, radio signal that was ever listened to, um, 1906. And he had been working on the technology to make this happen and it finally all came together on Christmas Eve. And there were some uh, sailors out in boats and a few other places uh, where people who, who had radios that were really just hearing like beeps and boops all of a sudden started hearing a man talking. And it changed everything. Technology changed everything. And you know what the first words he said were? He read from Luke chapter 2. He read from Luke chapter 2, and he read the Christmas story. And as soon as he was done reading the Christmas story, he picked up his violin, and he played the song, O Holy Night. That was the first words ever transmitted over the radio for a radio program. I kind of get the goosebumps going right now. And the first song to ever be played over the radio 
was O Holy Night. Why would he choose that? Why would he choose that? There are some interesting reasons as to why. And it's very interesting if you look at the, the way that the song itself, O Holy Night, was written um, and the people that were involved in writing it. But it was transmitted from Brant Rock, Massachusetts to the general public. And it brought hope and it brought joy and it brought peace. And I find that incredible. So why would I say hope equals joy? Well, because unless your hope is in the Lord, joy is not possible. If your hope is in something else, you are not going to find the joy of the Lord. So it's really hope in the Lord equals joy in the Lord, biblical joy. And that brings peace. And that brings peace. So the shepherds. These guys out in the field with these sheep. We've been reading this passage that's really talking about the shepherds for the last few weeks. And here's an interesting part about these shepherds. So they were watching this flock of sheep in Bethlehem. Now more than likely, these were sheep that were property of the temple. And the temple used these sheep uh, for sacrifices, more than likely. But because the shepherds who kept watch over them, they would not have been able to enter the temple to receive cleansing because of what they did. I find it ironic. They were considered, they would have been considered unclean, unworthy, not, not allowed to be in there. But who, who are the first to hear of Jesus' birth? The first, the shepherds, the unclean ones, the outcasts, us, the regular guy. The shepherds were given an honor that by the world standards, by the world standards, and by their own standards probably, they didn't deserve. They didn't deserve that by what maybe the spiritually self-righteous people were thinking. By their own standards, they were probably even taught that they didn't deserve or were worthy of any of that. But God thought they deserved it. God started there. He started there. And in many ways, the shepherds are you and me in this story. God steps into the least likely place to announce to the least likely people in the most unlikely way to bring joy, to bring hope, to bring peace, all for the glory of God. And the shepherds, they had the choice of what to do with that. They had the choice of what to do with that, and they chose joy. They see this massive announcement. They see the glory of God and they had the choice of what to do with that. And so do you and so do I. We see the glory of God. We see God show up and step into our lives in ways. If we're not keeping watch, if we're not seeing it, do we even realize that we have the choice of what to do with that? Are we choosing joy in those circumstances? Because it says in verse 18 here, 
It says, all who heard wondered at what the shepherds told them. See, something was different. Something was different. They had joy that brought peace, and they went to share the hope of the good news of Jesus. In verse 20, it says, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. They, cho- they couldn't help it. They were so blown away by what had just happened and what they had just seen that they couldn't help but tell anybody and everybody that they ran into. They had been given an honor that nobody else had been given. And so the connection point for the day connection point for this week, if you will, is to choose joy this Christmas. Because this kind of wraps up everything. To choose joy. When the enemy tries to rob you of your joy this week, because I'm telling you, he will. I'm telling you, he will. Make no mistake, he will try. But to choose joy and to have peace and to have hope, put your hope in him. Joy and peace will follow. Put your, put your hope in him and choose joy over fear because his joy is greater than your fears. That's not my words. That's God's words. Choose joy this Christmas and, and make room for it and keep this week because it's going to be really easy over the next couple of days to not and to focus on all of the other things. But if you keep your radar up, you keep your eyes up, and maybe even through some time of prayer, keep your head down, and see the joy of the Lord show up in your life. See, it doesn't mean ignoring the challenges around us. That's not what I'm saying at all. Rejoicing, having joy, that, that's not what that means. It doesn't mean just ignore the things that are going on around us. We can't do that. But it simply means focusing on what matters most. Focusing on what matters the most and on the hope of the Lord and having the confidence in him through Jesus. When you choose the joy of the Lord, his peace cannot help but follow Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Some of us in here may not have hope or peace right now. Run to Jesus with every aspect of your life. Run to him. Joy and peace will follow. may not be in your time, but it will be in his. See, that's what the holy night that was sung about, that was written about, that's what it brought because he's worthy to be praised and he's worthy to be worshiped. It's all about trust and it starts with the heart. Would you bow with me? Jesus came to bring us joy. His desire is for us to have joy. And some of us are looking for joy and looking for peace. Not just this week, but moving forward, even into 2020.
And maybe the place to start is a relationship with him. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if you've never put your full faith and trust in him, maybe you're not even entirely sure what that means, I'd love to talk to you today. I'd love to talk to you and I'd I'd love to have that conversation and, and for you to begin to have that relationship with Jesus because that's where it starts. It starts with giving your heart to the Lord. And I know that can be a difficult thing to do. If you need peace in your life, let me tell you that's the, that's the place to start. And if you already know that you have a relationship with Jesus and, and you're still feeling like you don't have the peace from God, it's got to start with our heart. It's got to start with choosing to put our hope in him and his joy and his peace will follow. That's what the word of God says. So I have two questions for two different people, I guess, that are here today. If you're not sure that you have a relationship with Jesus and you want to know for sure that you do, or you at least want to have a conversation about that, would you be willing to just look me right in the eye and we can have a conversation about that? I'm not going to make anybody get up or come forward. If you're feeling compelled to do that, that would be awesome. You can certainly do that. There's always a place open at the altar here. Even if you just need to pray, right now. You can do that, especially as we go into this uh, song here that we're going to all sing together at the end. But if that's you, would you be willing to look me right in the eye? If you want to have a conversation, I can have that conversation with you today. And then for those that maybe need peace, you need peace. Let me ask you to start with choosing joy and putting your hope in him. And if you want prayer about that, if you want to pray about that, you can come down as well. Or, or we can talk afterwards and we can pray afterwards as well. Father, I love you, Lord, and I thank you, God, for your love. I thank you for your peace, for the hope that we can have in you. God, I just lift up every single person that's here today. God, I pray that as we go into this week of Christmas, God, Lord, that we can choose your joy. God, some of us need need your joy because we also need peace. Remind us to put our hope in you and that it all comes from there. And God, if there's one here that doesn't know you as Savior, Lord, I pray that today might be the day that they make that decision. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name.